All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Monday afternoon, how are you? Welcome back, Jason Greger, Terry Ryan, Connor Halley with you on The Greger Show, presented by PlayAlberta.ca, live in the E-Well studio, E-W-E-L dot C-A. Check them out. If you need anything electrical, they got it all. And they are huge sports fans. So just like uh, Terry's friend, they'll just slide by. You guys can talk sports anytime in their lobby. No problem. I'm pretty sure they actually, you know what? They like having a Sports 1440 on. So if you like to go into places that have the show, they do. So check it out. Uh, We are now joined by our regular Monday afternoon contributor. She joins us uh, every Monday at 4 o'clock from uh, One Soccer, also from uh, CBC Sports. Today, she was the host for the inaugural Professional Women's Hockey League Draft. And uh, like any draft, it had uh, some intrigue, some excitement, uh, lots of emotion as uh, players were fired up. And, you know, it's a historic day for, uh, for women's hockey. As they now have one league, all the best players in the world will be playing in one league, which is, I think, is uh, fantastic. Andy, how you doing? Uh, good work today on the uh, on the broadcast. It uh, it has to be pretty feel a little surreal. Uh, uh, a Canadian uh, woman in in Canada uh, helping kind of put forth the first ever professional women's uh, hockey league draft and have it broadcast live. Drafts are hard, by the way. Um, There's a lot of players you have to remember and their stats and teams. And then by the time the second round comes comes around, I'm like, who who was drafted in that first round again? Uh, But it it definitely was a great day. And there was so much energy around it. Uh, It was held at the CBC Broadcast Center inside the Barber from Atrium. And they have what's called, by the way, gentlemen, I want to make sure you get this right. Because this was like a big bone of contention throughout the entire day. It's periwinkle is the color of the league. Not purple. Not purple. I don't want to hear anybody say that. Periwinkle. So they walked (laughs) the periwinkle carpet. And uh, to much fanfare, a lot of fans are around. A lot of young hockey players in attendance who were very excited to see their star players. And uh, so there was a lot of pomp and circumstance around the day. A lot of family members there who understandably got emotional 
Uh, I was on the panel with Shannon Zabados, you know, the great goalie for Canada, World Olympic champ, as well as Cheryl Pounder, who's one of the pioneers as well of the women's game. And a couple of times she got emotional because she never thought we would see this day. Mm-hmm. You know, Cheryl's been a part of many firsts in the women's game. When the first, you know, the first time you're included in the Olympics and, you know, world championships and all that kind of stuff. So she saw a lot of things for the first time. She never thought that we would see this type of professional draft. So it was an exciting day, but it was also really emotional. Oh, I, I can imagine it for sure. You know, for for lots of women who played in the game, uh, you know, they've all wanted this for a while, and and it's nice to see uh, one league. Uh, you know, that's mm-hmm. a color, honestly, uh, and had ever heard of before. So uh, thanks for that. It's like when I bought a I bought my car once, and it was a uh, taupe. I just thought it was beige. Oh. Turns out it was taupe. Yeah. So you know, <laughs> I always learn uh, new colors. So so that's nice. Um, that you know, it was a fifteen round draft. So the, you know, the teams have uh, have lots of their players. Was when you're talking, was there any surprises? at all early on like Natalie Spooner to me now maybe it's because of her age but I thought she went later than expected yeah so here's the thing and and to be quite honest um nobody ever really confirmed it but if you use a little bit of common sense and to your point this is an incredible player one thing to know about this league is so while it is a professional league and, and what I mean by that is for the first time ever these players are being drafted in by the best player right so next best player up that's who gets drafted whereas before where it also lacked professionalism was that a lot of players just kind of signed with the team that was where they lived Mm -hmm. you know like even sarah nurse back in the day signed with toronto she lived in toronto she signed for like two thousand dollars like that drafted you know by toronto that wasn't real this this was this was a real draft but Mm -hmm. having said that and there you know there is an understanding as well of, of women especially those who have just had children the league has allowed for players to sign what's called a compassion form. Okay. And they can fill it out and they can give a reason as to why they want to remain in the city they're currently in. So again, rub a couple brain cells together, use a little bit of common sense, know that Natalie's exceptional to go later, you know, in that was it the fourth round, like to go later, as you mentioned, you start to go, okay, this is probably somebody who signed a compassion form. Uh, was granted permission because, by the way, you can you can fill out that compassion form and be denied. Just because you fill it out doesn't mean the league would grant it. But in yes. certain cases, they granted it. She just had a baby in December. Um, so they, they obviously, uh, again, what we're guessing here is that was the case for Natalie Spooner. So a compassion form is definitely something that players could fill out here before the draft. Okay. So uh, that played in part of it. Yeah. Go ahead, Tara. Andy, what's the... Uh... European representation going to look like? How many Europeans are expected to play in the league? I mean, like percentage-wise. Um, not a lot. I mean, two right away that stand out. So Alina Mueller ended up going third overall from Switzerland. She's an Olympic bronze medalist, and uh, Chloe Aurora from France ended up going as well. Uh, we did have another player from the Czech Republic um, get drafted. So we did see like a few, at least in those first four rounds. We saw a few European players and, you know, they're going to be role models for players in Europe. They're going to basically show European players that this is supposed to be the best league, not just for Canadians and Americans, but for players around the world. So hopefully that will open the door for a lot of those players uh, in Europe to know that they have a place to play. If you're one of the best, the PWHL wants you. Um, so these are players who declared for the draft and definitely went in those top four rounds. And, you know, again, as I rush home and I get here, I'm going to get myself up to date on because there's 15 rounds total on who else went. But those were the ones who went pretty high up. So to your point, though, Terry, you're, I mean, it's not a huge percentage, but I think that this is also a little bit of, a, of an awakening maybe to European players 
that this could be a place where they could play. It's also worth noting sort of the 90 players who get drafted today, uh, those who don't get drafted automatically become free agents. So those could be, you know, perhaps a lot of European mm. players because the league purposely wanted teams to have spots still available come training camp, which is in November, because they wanted players to not just go to training camp for the sake of showing up. It's you're going to go to training camp and you legitimately have a chance of making a team. So we could see a lot of European players show up to training camp and sign mm. on as free agents still. I was so I know I don't want to put the cart before the horse. There's a really positive time, uh, but I can't help but think expansion. So even though it hasn't started yet, but are, is there any talk bubbling under about, you know, if the, if it was to move on, where it would possibly move? Oh, I mean, not yet. Those conversations haven't um, had uh, haven't taken place yet. But I will say that, you know, the Mark Walter group. So Mark and his wife, Kimbra, I mean, these are huge financial investors. Billie Jean King Enterprises, another big investment. Um, Stan Kasten, who works alongside Mark Walter and, you know, their inclusion with the L.A. Dodgers and Lakers and stuff like these are savvy people. They actually um, spoke to a lot of players. They conducted a ton of market research to even pick these original six locations. So some of it obviously had to do on venue availability and the NHL also with its involvement. Um, some of the venues, like the Minnesota team, looks like it'll play out of the XL Energy Center. Some of the uh, practice facilities will be available to the women. And as we know, in the NHL, practice facilities are already a step above so many other facilities. So it's already on a different kind of professional level. But a lot of work went into just even choosing these six locations. So Toronto, Montreal, Ottawa, Boston, New York, and Minnesota. So, you know, they're not going to take expansion lightly. They're going to want to grow, but they also want to make sure that whatever market they go into, it's going to be sustainable. That's, this is what it's all about. It's about professional sustainability. Um, so I think they want to get off the ground first and then see where the market research takes them. Andy Petrillo joins us from uh... One well, soccer, also uh, CBC Sports. Earlier today, the inaugural first draft for the Professional Women's Hockey League, and uh, you know, I, I think that the reason why you know we've had some texts, the reason why there was a lack of uh, Finnish women drafted is because a lot of them are still under contract for one more year, so that plays a part in it. And I think you'll probably see a bigger influx of of European players now that they know mm-hmm. this league is up and running, and that will help them uh, moving forward. Uh, Andy, uh, you know, we've seen uh, in women's sports. Um, at, at all levels, obviously in men's sport at many levels, you, you see coaches like Mike Babcock that, that cross the line at, at times. Uh, you know, w- we've seen some, some pretty ugly cases recently. I, I think in both sport, in both gen- genders, mm-hmm. it, you know, it's not like it's just men or women. It's, it happens all, all over the place. Uh, how much, how much was that at play here? Because I know there was, you know, the one women's, um, uh, college uh, program that's been a big topic of it. So is is that still a concern at all? Or do you feel that the, the women's game is maybe a, a little bit more of that? I think for the most part, the men's game is good, but there is obviously still um, outliers like Babcock that people still, for whatever reason, keep giving second and third and fourth chances yeah. to. Oh, geez. Well, I know you're talking about Harvard and Katie Stone, yeah. and that's just like, I mean, some of the, the information you hear out of there, it's just, I mean, it's deplorable. And you're right. Like, this is something that happens uh, in, in the men's and women's games. And by the way, by men and women coaches. Yes. Um, so abuse is abuse, like bottom line. Um, so the Mike Babcock one, I have a lot of emotions about that. I mean, I don't I don't know where you guys are. I mean, Terry, I, to me, if there's something that kind of bugs me a little bit, 
uh, about the hockey world and in particular the NHL. It's like, do we not believe in new coaches? Like, why do we always have to recycle a little bit? Like, yeah. and I'm not trying to take away from anybody and I'm not trying to be ageist in any way because if you're excellent, you're excellent. And we all know the world of sport is harsh. So it doesn't work out one place. You know, you get your shot somewhere else. But um, that part I have some thoughts on. It's like, I do feel like sometimes hockey does that where like it keeps going back to the same well. I'm like, but why? Yeah. Can you not look at college coaches? Can you not look at, you know, anyone else in the minor leagues who are who are coaching in the AHL? Like, are there is there not somebody new out there that can be an NHL coach? Um, and Mike Babcock, I mean, I was here for all of that that went on, you know, with the Toronto Maple Leafs. I was heartbroken when I heard about the stuff that went on with, uh, you know, Detroit because, you know, I had the privilege of covering the Detroit Red Wings and Nashville Predators, um, that playoff run a few years back where apparently, you know, Johan Franzen came out and said that that's where he felt the most abused. And it's like, here I was covering it for Hockey Night in Canada. I'm having the time of my life. And little did I know that there was somebody that was just absolutely destroyed by his coach. So I had like a little bit of guilt over that. I hated that. I hate that. I was having a great time and somebody who I was covering and, you know, speaking the world of, you know, this was happening behind the scenes. And you just you kind of feel like you just feel cheated as well as a, as a broadcaster and lied to. And I can't imagine, you know, what Johan friends and other players were going through. But, you know, we and this is where it's tricky, because even though everyone not well, majority of us in Toronto had heard about the Mitch Marner story, how do you report on that unless the player themselves wants to talk about it? So I think it came to light because perhaps Mitch Marner was ready to talk about it. Uh, and I think with Columbus, more players were quick and they were yeah. fast to be able to talk about it and not let it get out of hand. Um, but we as broadcasters are in tricky positions because as, as much as sometimes you want to kind of blow the lid off, you still need per permission from the person who is, you know, quote unquote victimized, right? You got to be a little bit careful with that. Um, and it's the same thing even on the women's game. You know, the people who are part of it, they have to be willing to talk about it because our voices can only go so far. Um, and when they're willing to talk, I think that's when when real change starts to happen. But I mean, come on, guys. I mean, hockey is so huge. We have so many incredible coaches in the wings. Like we got we have, we have a good crop to choose from. You don't have to keep going back to somebody who kind of has that track record. I don't know. I don't know. And it's tough, right? Because I agree with you. I'm, I mean, I, I understand the whole argument of second chances, too, but I don't know. It's wow. tough. It's really tough. Well, clearly, he didn't learn anything because mm. if you go back and watch his comments from the July press conference and he talked, well, my daughter talked to me about communication, tone really matters. And he said all the right things, which, you know, which is what bullies or predators do. They could, they, you know, they manipulate people and they say what you want them to hear. And he's like, mm -hmm. you know, I've really learned communication is key. And then before training camp even begins, this is what he feels is appropriate. And, 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 and let's call a spade a spade. What he did with Boone Jenner was normal. Right. They have a conversation. It seems fine. Why? Because he knows that Boone Jenner is not a young guy that you can manipulate. He's a proven veteran. He's the captain of their team. He's not, he's not going to try to alienate him right away. He's not an idiot, right? He's a bully. Mm -hmm. So he, what does he do? He mm -hmm. goes after the young players who like, I, I don't care. You're a young player. You're a young reporter. You're a young person working an orderly in the hospital. You're a young, t pick your, pick your job when you're just started out, you know, and, and somebody who's a superior of yours, you know, asks you to do something uncomfortable like that is, you know, turn over your phone, you're, 
it takes a lot of courage to speak out at that moment. And they, they did it, you know, so yeah. I gave him a lot of credit. But it's it just shows how gutless to me. And then when he when he's let go, his statement says nothing of, of geez, I acted wrong. It's just like, oh, I'm disappointed how it played out, blah, blah, blah. Like, to me, the Columbus Blue Jackets, Yarmo yeah. Kekalainen here needs to, you know, and John Davidson. Like, many people questioned it when, when it happened. Yeah. And here it is two, two months later. Everybody's like, see, we told you. And they're like, oh, Oh, we made the wrong decision. Like, yeah, but you also thanked him for his professionalism in handling his way to leave, which was due to his mm-hmm. unprofessionalism. Like, that's what irked me the most. Jason, do you think they any part of it was to sell tickets? I never really thought about hiring a coach for that. But I mean, like Andy said, why? Yeah. There's so yeah. many people out there, and it's one thing to give a second chance. But this was the changing of cultures. He's getting older. It's one thing to, to live through all that. I'm 46, and I could be seen as real old in that. He's 60-odd years old. He doesn't have mm-hmm. any – Like it seems like he's tone deaf. To, we, we knew this was going to happen. Anybody that he played with or, or, or against or coached, there's a story out there. I got no personal reason mm-hmm. not to guy. I, not to, like the guy. I don't know. I, he coached against me. I had Michelle Terrian. It changed my life. It took me years to get over that. He was the same sort of – mental hmm. abuser if you want to say that i mean i forgive him it's all in the past people change but clearly babcock and people knew this so yeah. do you yeah. think they just didn't do you think they just took the mariner story and said you know well i don't think it's that big of a deal and didn't look any further what like really and it does it blows my mind because i've i mean i'm a big fan of yarmo kickalinens i've interviewed him a ton of times i think this guy's so smart and like he's just he's so great and i'm just wondering like what did mike babcock say how did that interview go where Yarmo yeah. went, yeah, you're our guy, yeah. right? Like, totally. th- this is the guy we're going to go with and we kind of forgive everything else and you did your soul searching or, I mean, I don't know. I really don't know. And to your point, Jason, some guys, when they know how to sell it, yep. they know how to sell it and they totally. know they know the language of the NHL as well. So he probably knows what to say. Um, and this is a team that desperately wants to turn things around and we know Columbus and the players that they've lost throughout the years. I mean, this is a market that needs to to figure something out. And maybe they thought Mike Babcock, who I would consider a micromanager of a coach, maybe they thought that's what they needed. I don't know. Like this is where I have a ton of questions for a lot of people who make certain types of decisions. I'm like, why that person? You know, why are they coming back in? And do you know something we don't know Mm -hmm. where maybe you're like, okay, this, this second chance is worth it. But to me, forget the Mitch Marner. I'm going back to Johan Franz. Like I'm going back to the Detroit days. Yeah. Like that to me is when you're talking about a player who's, who says they have suicidal thoughts because of how somebody – I mean, Johan Franz's nickname was the mule for crying out loud. This is not a, a weak human being. And you just yeah. wonder how much abuse did somebody take to, to say those things and say that's how they made them feel. Like that is not a nice person. And it's just uh, – yeah, it's completely baffling to me, but I'll, I will say this. I mean, the PA, I'll give them credit. Yep. Ron Hainsey is another guy. Like when he played for the Leafs, I fell in love with this guy. This guy is snarky. This guy has attitude, but he doesn't take crap. And knowing that he was part of that investigation and jumped on it, I'm like, stuff's going to get done here. And it did. And it really did. So you got to give the PA credit. Um, you know, as much as we talk about Columbus, obviously dropping the ball on this one. Uh, you know, for the first time, I feel like in a long time, I can turn around and say, you know, good on the PA for getting involved early and making sure this was dealt with in a timely manner. Andy, great stuff. Uh, congratulations on being part of a historic day. Uh, get some rest, have a glass of wine uh, if you have to celebrate. Yes, and uh, we will uh, chat with you next Monday. I'm going to get this mask off my face. I have about five <laughs> layers of makeup that's been on for 10 hours.
<laughs> Congrats, Andy. Nice to talk. Okay. There you go, uh, Andy Petrillo from uh, uh, One Soccer and uh, CBC Sports. She was uh, the host for the historic Professional Women's Hockey League draft earlier today. Uh, we'll return, Jason Greger, Terry Ryan, and more on Sports 1440 presented by PlayAlberta.ca. Rolling through Monday afternoon. Welcome back. Jason Greger, Terry Ryan, Connor Halley with you. Gregor Show presented by PlayAlberta.ca. We'll get to our pick. Hey, do you have a do you have a pick tonight? You want a little prop bet on any one of the uh, either Monday night football games? Let us know. Text it to 833-401-1440. We make a $20 wager. Usually we have uh, three bets, a little parlay. And uh, everything we win at the end of the month will be going towards Kidsport. So... If you uh, if you feel confident about something, let us know and you could uh, help out the kids. So we'll see how that goes. We are going to get to our uh, CFL report brought to you by Legacy Heating and Cooling, where the rates never change. No overtime charges. If all of a sudden the furnace conks out, doesn't matter the time of day, you call Legacy, they'll come fix it. No extra charge. That's how you build a legacy at LegacyHeating.ca. Uh, Trey Ford, the uh, star quarterback for the Edmonton Elks, is going to be uh, joining us uh, momentarily. Connor Halley is just uh, tracking him down. Now, TR, I know you've said that, you know, football is something you've really gotten into uh, recently. And, uh, you know, Trey Ford's one of those guys who are like, hey, I can watch that. That guy is uh, is pretty entertaining. Um, you just didn't really have a lot of football. Like, you kind of have the personality, the attitude of a linebacker, I would think, potentially, maybe. Uh, like, to want to, to hit some guys. Uh, potentially <laughs> like that. I don't know. Like, could you, could you, like, do you ever play football? Can you throw a football? Can you catch a football? No, nah, I'm sure I could, but I know we we just didn't have it growing up at all. Played a lot of sports, never football. I, there might be some small minor organization in Newfoundland. If there is, I don't know of it. I'm on the scene. Like I do volunteer a lot with minor sports. My daughter is right in the thick of it. I coach hockey, baseball, play soccer. She plays soccer. I've never seen anybody I know or their kids play football. Wow. Now, do we watch the NFL? Yeah, some people like if the Grey Cup, not just the NFL. If the Grey Cup's happening. Sure, I'll go down, and I'm sure green sleeves will be full of fans watching. And all kinds of my buddies fly out to see games. You know, you, they get swallowed up in the fandom. But as far as playing, no. And you know, uh, it's 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 definitely not first on the agenda when when we talk sports for sure. Uh, no, uh, and that's fair. Um, if you don't play it, it's hard for anybody to really become. I find if you play it now, you don't have to play a sport to become passionate about it, but. Usually when you play it, that leads to your passion as a fan to want to watch it regularly, right? Like there's obviously some sports. Like I never played organized football, but man, we played football every day, um, in junior high and high school and lots of days at high school outside. And we would play in the wintertime, man. And it was unbelievable. I loved it. So football was the one sport I always wanted to play on an organized team. We just, you know what? You can't play every sport growing up as a kid. And, and our high school wasn't big enough. We didn't have a football team. And so uh, I never played it, but I always. What was your high school, by the way? Uh, J.H. Picard, French Immersion uh, High School. So uh, we had a soccer like team. Like in Edmonton? Yeah, yeah. Soccer team, basketball. Um, okay. So I don't think. I did notice there's a lot. Like I noticed when I'm, I mean, I'm in Edmonton quite a bit over the years, almost like a second home. But I uh, I do notice like there's there's a football scene. Oh. Uh, I mean, uh, I, I'm sorry, the Eskimos. I mean, yeah. and the Elks now, of course. But, you know, I would go, of course, I've gone to games and tailgates. That's a whole new experience for me but i did notice like there's a lot of young people that play not yeah. so much here oh yeah no there's the the high school football scene has grown 
Um, junior football, obviously being around the Huskies and Wildcats for a long time. The Golden Bears, you know what? Huge win for the Golden Bears, by the way. They're three and oh, they just went into Saskatoon and beat up on the number three ranked Huskies. So, uh, Chris Morris will be joining us, uh, later this week. We're just, uh, uh, cementing a time with, uh, with Coach Morris. So, uh, for football fans, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of excitement around, but man, the green and gold, it's been a long time since they have had a team, uh, that competitive, uh, at the university level. So, uh, so that's exciting, uh, to see for sure. We got lots of more text flying in at the 10, 12, uh, or sorry, at, uh, 833 now, uh, this one, I, I love the, uh, the people that try to, uh, that, that have a really good memory from the, uh, the past shows and, and topics that we've, uh, uh, talked about. Hey, Terry, a guy starting a convo by at the theater is similar to, uh, someone starting a convo with you at the urinal. It can be, uh, very uncomfortable, uh, hashtag stage frighter. So, uh, this came in from, uh, Struds, who, uh, Struddy has stage fright at times, Tara, uh, when he gets in a urinal in, in public. And if some guys used to talk to him, he's just like, well, now guess what? It's not working. And it distantly doesn't function. He needs to be, uh, very focused on that. And it turns out we had lots of guys who actually, really? had, yeah, the, lots of guys who are stage frighters. Like they get in public and they're just like, you know what, man? I want to walk into the urinal, uh, stand there. Don't talk to me. I just, you know, they, they got to get in their Zen moment, their serenity now. And, you know, they start thinking of waterfalls or anything that will make them, uh, you know, do the deed. So I agree. It was not something that I knew. But when we talked about it on the show, I was surprised at how many guys text in that are in this similar group of stage fighters. So, you know what? Some people just don't, you know, there's that interaction uh, that, that people don't like. Uh, the other thing, hey, guys, I love Terry Ryan. The thing that I thought got overlooked was how he likes to show up 25 minutes just because he's good at trivia in the movie theater from Dan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good point, I guess. I find it part of the experience. Hey, I'm paying enough to get in there. Yeah. I'm paying enough. The movie was like $26. Popcorn and a drink, 21 I mean, really. So you know what? I'm going to get everything I can out of that. And if that means all the previews and all the trivia, fine. But I do enjoy the trivia part. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So um, uh, we'll try to get to, to Trey. Actually, uh, we'll get to Trey Ford. Yeah, we'll do him right now. I think it's a little bit late, but uh, I think we got him on the line here. So uh, we'll get on, of course. Uh, I think Elks fans are pretty excited. Uh, the Elks are 4-1 uh, and one in their last five games. Uh, their running game has been out of this world with uh, Brown and obviously uh, Trey Ford plays uh plays a part in, in that and uh he joins us now uh trey welcome to the show uh how you doing and uh continued success i just you know what did you learn in the first eight weeks on the sidelines that's allowed you the minute you got your chance to be this good and make the most of it i mean yeah i think it was uh, a, a lot of mental reps and just you know learning from the mistakes that we made earlier on in the year and uh you know, just getting the chance to see how a lot of our receivers move as well because we have a lot of new guys in our starting five receiving core right now. So just being able to see how they move and the things they're good at and playing to their advantages and everything and just being able to get the offense on the same page. I mean, when I got out there, obviously I had to find the timing with the receivers myself. Yeah. But it was it was nice just to see how they were moving, getting those mental reps, knowing where to go with the ball, pre-snap and, you know, adjusting on the fly. Well, you, you've definitely come in, and it's not just you, Trey. The whole running attack for this team. Like, you guys are running for 150 yards for fun, and I know it's not that easy, but w what do you attribute to such a massive change and massive success for the entire running attack right now? Uh, I think a big part of it is 
uh, just the mentality of our O-line. I think they're taking a lot more physical approach than we did earlier on in the year. And, I mean, I think, you know, the run game obviously starts up front with them. And then uh, I think having me back there in the backfield helps as well, just in the sense that, you know, I can, if nothing's there, I can get out and run for, you know, 10, 15 yards a pop and end with 70 rushing yards a game, I think, is like roughly the average. Um, and then, too, like we do RPOs and I'm getting out of the box and then it gives us good numbers to run the ball, right? It gives us an advantage. And uh, KB and the O-line make, you know, make the best out of that situation. And even like our, our fullbacks, Manny and Tanner, are doing a, a fantastic job of bricking those ends that are freaking 250, 60, 70 pounds. Um, so, I mean, I think it all starts up front with the mentality. I think that's been the big factor. And then, I mean, I don't think there's very many people in the league that actually want to go tackle Kevin Brown. So that definitely helps too. Trey, you come from a football family. Your dad coached. Your brother Tyrell plays pro. Do you still lean on them for advice? Oh, yeah. I talk to them literally every day, uh, football and just about life in general. And, I mean, they, they always got good advice. Um, yeah, like any any questions and stuff, you know, I try to talk to them. But, I mean, like they, my dad can't really answer a lot of the professional questions because he's only really coached at, like, school level but uh it's still nice just to hear his opinion and you know he, he believes in me and always gives me you know some words of wisdom and just kind of hypes me up a little bit which is nice and you know keeps my confidence up and everything so it's definitely good to talk to the family recent history has seen the elks uh let's see go through adversity to say the least but now there's an air of positivity uh surrounding the team what's the feeling in the room uh, it's an exciting feeling. I think everybody offensively, defensively, even the coaches are feeling a lot of excitement with the team we have right now. And I think our team is really dangerous at this point in time. I feel like we could really go out there and beat anybody, regardless of the situation, or the scenario, whether we're down by 10 in the fourth quarter or whatever it is. Uh, I think our offense is really explosive right now. And I think our defense is doing a good job at eliminating other teams' offenses. So, like, I think right now, too, we, I, still, I still don't think we've played a full four quarters, but I think in that last game we just played against Saskatchewan, I thought we played pretty decent for three quarters. Uh, I thought we were a little rough early on in the, in the first quarter. But uh, once we can just, you know, get everything smooth sailing for four quarters, I think we're going to be super, super dynamic offensively. And, I mean, even looking back when we haven't played four quarters or we've only played a half or this or that, we still average, I think it's like 30 points a game in the last five weeks. So, yeah, It's going well. Trey Ford, quarterback for the Edmonton Elks, our guest here on the Jason Greger Show on Sports 1440. Trey, what is it about you and Jarius Jackson? Because it wasn't just you that came in. It was also they switched the OC. And, and to me, there's been a little bit of change in the play calling. What, what has worked well with you two? Obviously, you were familiar. He was the quarterback's coach that's allowed him to have the play calling that allows you to maximize your skill. Uh, yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I think he's done a good job of putting me in good situations. Uh, and I think the big thing is he's, he's not asking me to do too much in a lot of those situations. I mean, I think I probably lead the CFL right now in least amount of pass attempts a game, um, which I think is good for a, a younger quarterback and with how we've been running the football. So he's not asking me to go out there and throw for four or 500 yards to try to win football games. Uh, we're dominating the line of scrimmage. 
Uh, he's put me in good situations to throw the football. And, uh, yeah, I mean, good good play calling, good concepts. And I feel like just giving me an advantage over the defense, and I'm just trying to make the most out of the opportunity. Obviously, there's times he has set plays to use your other skill, which is running the ball. I do want to ask you the spin move. You're very good at the spin move. What, like, do you practice that as a quarterback? Has it just come natural to you when you were younger? Because, man, you're able to spin. If you sense the pressure, you don't necessarily run away from it. A lot of times, if the guy's coming from the left side on you, you'll spin and just go around him to the outside because you're like, hey, I guess I got a lot of real estate there. Um, you know, Kind of take me through that evolution of adding that to your repertoire. Yeah, I mean, I think it's uh, it's definitely natural. I would say I don't like think about, oh, I'm going to do a spin move. But uh, I know a lot of the times, especially when the defensive end is coming free or something on the left side, uh, I don't think they know that I see him 99% of the time. So uh, you kind of just do a little jab, step forward, and then reverse out. And, I mean, it's been super successful for me so far. I mean, I, I maybe got tackled once on it in my career. So definitely going to keep using that one. I mean, I mean, people are going to see it on film and adjust and everything. But, I mean, until they start to stop it, still going to still gonna use that move for sure. Well, those quick of feet, Trey, are you pretty slick on the dance floor? I mean, I, I would like to say I'm a good dancer, but, you know, my wife might disagree, maybe my brother who knows, you know, they just, maybe they're mad they can't dance like me, so. <laughs> uh, I also noticed, um, you know, Mr. Faithful's wave has uh, has really become kind of a unique, fun rally and cry for the team. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think that Sally's going to go a long way for us. I mean, I'm sure you'll see it again at some point in time. And it was just, I think that was a, a huge game and a huge kick that really it kept our season alive it kept us in the hunt and i mean i think it's literally going to be something that symbolizes the turnaround that we've had here in edmonton i mean it took a long long time but i feel like we're really taking the step in the right direction and i mean we were down i don't even know how much we were down in the fourth quarter and we were able to put that comeback together to come back and win and usually the old edmonton team we would have folded and that would have been the game and it would have been a blowout but we were able to you know, rally together as a team and come back in that fourth quarter, win the game. Speaking of quick feet, you grew up uh, playing track and field. Do you think that had anything to do with your multi-sport success? Um, yeah, yeah, I would definitely say so. I mean, we, I've always kind of ran track as a kid in high school and throughout university. Um, and I mean, the, the main reason I ran track, I mean, one, it was fun. And in high school, you could get the day off of school. But uh, mostly it was for training, just for football, to get faster. Because, I mean, the faster you can be on the football field, the better. So track has always been fun and everything. I never took it too serious, though. It was mostly just training for football to get faster. Well, Trey, uh, continued success. Quickly, I want to look ahead to the BC Lions because your team as an offense obviously hasn't had a lot of success against them being shut out twice. Uh, you, you had the opportunity to watch both of those games. What do you feel as an offense you need to do to have success against the Lions this week? Um, I think what we need to do is what we've been doing recently. I mean, I think we have to make them stop us. I feel like we're kind of a new team. Um, we're going we're gonna to run the ball. They're going to have to prove that they can stop the run. And, I mean, I also want, would like to get some shots up on their defensive backs. I think we've got some really talented receivers that can go up and get the ball. And I think, you know, we can get some deep shots on them. I think we can run the ball. And I think we can do a lot of our RPO game. I think we can we can really piece together an offense here that's definitely not going to get shut out. We're going to uh, go out there and score some points. 
And uh, I'm looking forward to it, to be honest. I mean, just to, I feel like this might be one of the big real tests for us. I mean, I know we just played Saskatchewan, but I feel like BC is a top three team in the league yeah. right now currently. So, I mean, I think this is a big test for us. And uh, I think our whole team's excited for this because we know we're, we're taking a step in the right direction. And I think this is a stage where we get to go prove it. Well, Trey, uh, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, continued success. Uh, you have... I can say uh, really rejuvenated a fan base that was pretty downtrodden, uh, an exciting player to watch, and obviously the team now four and one in their last five. Uh, fans want to come and watch you, so continued success. Yeah, I appreciate all the support from them too. That is Trey Ford, quarterback for the Edmonton Elks. Well-spoken man. Are you kidding me? Like, really well-spoken and electrifying player to watch. That spin move. <laughs> I love And I love the confidence there. He's like, hey, you know what? I think I've been tackled once with that move. And until someone stops me, I'm going to keep doing it. Yeah, they can watch it on film. And watching it. it on film, Terry, is one thing, but being able to stop it's a totally different thing. Yeah, totally. No, I like his, um, you know, he's uh, humble and confident all at once. I like... Uh, his confidence. I think he's got a bright future. Like I said, I don't know much about it. I know what Trey Ford is. I mean, I watch highlights, yeah. and I know that he's electrifying and that if one franchise in North America needed it right now, it was the Edmonton Elks. So uh future looks bright. It's very true. Uh, Gregor and Ryan with you. We'll come back. We have uh, five questions on The Gregor Show presented by PlayAlberta.ca. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. That's a pretty good tune. Uh, TR is singing along on that one. Oh, that's got to be a classic in your neck of the woods. I would think uh, Jason Greger alongside uh, Terry Ryan here on Sports 1440. And it's time for five questions brought to you by... The Brick, where savings happen all the time. The uh, semi-annual sale is coming up at The Brick starting tomorrow. It's twice a year. Huge savings on stylish furniture, top brand name appliances, and mattresses. Don't miss out on these savings at The Brick and TheBrick.com. 
It's time for five questions on the Jason Greger Show. All right, guys, the timing works out well. Fill in the blank. Trey Ford is the best thing to the ha- is the best thing to happen to the Elks since blank. Ooh, I will. You're gonna lead off, Jay. Yeah, I'm going to say since uh, Ricky Ray emerged out of nowhere in 2002 for the Green and Gold. Mm. I'll say one thing I do know: it was hard to miss Mike Riley, the 2015 Ooh, Grey yeah. Cup MVP, or was it 16? Either 15, way, yeah, since then, 15. It's a good one. <clears throat> Question number two, and this will be the last time I utter his words in a long time. Will Mike Babcock coach again, and if so, what level? Okay, if it's me here. Um, okay, guys, I need to know one thing. Did he ask for someone's phone and say, can I go and go through it himself? Really, that's the big thing to me. Or is it was it just an odd situation that he wanted everybody? Can you contribute on here? But it's up to you. Uh, Did no, he really cross that ultimate line, Jason? According to uh, Elliot Friedman's report, uh, okay. He asked for the phone and then took time scrolling through it. Okay, okay. I thought so. Uh, because that's what was iffy at first. Okay, in that case, I'll say no. If it was anything short of that, I'll say yes. Now, I don't support it because I've had a similar coach. But I'll tell you this. For everybody that has a bad story about Babcock, someone has a good one. First of all, he won a lot. And I'll tell you this. Danny Cleary, my buddy Danny Cleary, who was washed out, he was gone from the NHL. He was pretty much ousted for Europe. He had one last chance, and he went to Detroit. Now, we don't talk about it. I've never heard him sing his praises. It's never even a topic. But over the years, we've spoken, and I know enough to know he was pivotal in having Cleary not only make the NHL, but eventually have a Stanley Cup and be where he is now. So people like Cleary become owners. People like Cleary become GMs. I'm just saying that there's a lot of people that he did rub the right way. And when we're talking about jobs, three or four years from now, I don't think any more than 10 when he's in his 70s. I think if he's 60 or 61, we've got a few years. And I'm telling you, someone, I could see them looking past it. Kyrie Irving plays every year. You know he's only going to play 20 games. Anthony Davis will play again. James Harden will be somewhere. I know that's basketball. I'm just saying a lot of times uh, these decisions leave you scratching your head, but it takes one person in the right place with you know and and you do have experience he's been around a lot of people that have confidence in him so i will say yes uh 100% no uh i i don't you would have to be a new level of tone deaf to uh want to give him a chance to be a head coach again um this is three four five strikes you're out i i don't see any team and, and no association if somebody in junior hockey like you want him around young people are you joking no chance. Like, beat it. I they agree don't with him. you, by the way. I yeah. just think it'll happen. So okay. I cut you off. Sorry, go yeah. ahead. No, no, that's fair. Uh, you're right. The stupidity has shown that guys like him would get a chance. But I, I'm, I'm going to go and believe that sanity will reign this time, and we will not see okay, him coach good. again. Good. Question number three. Which 0-2 NFL team should be panicking the, the most right now? Well, I'm going to go with the Cincinnati Bengals because, uh, A, they had um, arguably the most um, – Hype coming in of all the teams that are 0-2, and their quarterback said he re-aggravated his injury. So that, to me, is a big reasons for concern in Cincinnati. It was one of two teams for me. That was definitely one. 
panic. I mean, if you're 0-2, it's not a good start anyway. But some teams, I don't know, the Bears maybe, you don't really expect them to do much. But uh, Denver, because I watched those games, and they look great at times. Like, for them to lose yesterday, they would have had to have some kind of legendary collapse. And it seems that you know it's going to happen, and then it happens. To me, teams that win don't go on such roller coaster rides. Not only are they 0-2, but the method in that they got there is alarming to me. So I'll say Denver. Question number four. If you had to set the over-under for Connor Bedard's point total this year, what would you put the number at? TR? I think he's going to get 40-plus goals and 85-plus points. That's me. What I think the bar would be at, it's in the 60s. Uh, let's say 60, yes, 67.5 there. 67.5. That's good. I... I like your positivity because I love offense. Uh, I would say if I was setting the line for Bedard, A, it's hard to score points in the NHL uh, nightly as a rookie. You know, Connor McDavid had uh, had 48 in, in 45 games, so, so just over, but he missed some time. So I would put it at 74 and a half because I think it's tough to play all 82 games, and even if you think he's a point-of-game player, how many games is he going to miss? So I'd put it at 74 and a half. And final question for you guys tonight. I'm heading to the Canadian Brew House after the show. Spruce Grove location for Monday Night Football in honor of that. When it comes to pub food, what is your go-to? Go ahead, Jay. Go-to pub food. Jeez, it's a different time. I don't um, I don't go out to a lot of pub food anymore. But, man, when I did... Oh, I had a few go-tos, man. Like I like a place like I'm a bit I'm a pretty simpleton for pub food. I either want a really good uh burger or just a really good clubhouse. But I will say lately, I've become a big fan of the boneless wings at first round. I just like the boneless wings. I can eat it with a fork. I'm like a stands and a Snickers now. I can be classy. I don't have to get my hands all dirty and it still has the good taste. So, I will go with uh, first round boneless wings. Well, if I'm at a pub, I like to indulge in alcohol once a week. Like I said, I generally, Friday or Saturday, I go down with my buddies. So that's when I would be at the pub. Otherwise, I'm not at the pub. So if I'm at the pub and I'm out drinking with my buddies, I don't want pizza. I don't want sandwiches. I don't want a clubhouse. It all might, t- might taste good, but it's going to ruin my night from the point of view that I'm going to be too bloated. I'm going to be too full, possibly on the toilet or in the toilet. So I really keep it simple. I don't have many carbs, and I just go with wings and go from there. Wings, a pie. I start every night. I go down with a shot of Jameson, a pint, and either wings, or I might do some mussels. Around here, mussels is a pub food. Oh, man. I would assume, though, your guys' mussels are a little different than ours because they're going to be fresh right out of the ocean. Yeah. and that. So, A, they are pretty good, and B, they're offered like almost everywhere, right? So, and it's a nice snack to have while you're drinking. That's not going to bloat you too much. Now, do they come in like different flavors now, or is it just straight mussels? No, different flavors. You know, generally some kind of a tomato base and some kind of a cream base. Okay. You know, and so it, it varies. But I'm I'm pretty simple. I just as long as they're uh, Atlantic mussels, they're good with me. <laughs> Oh yeah, I love them. I love hey, them. Buddy, I, I, I eat can, a lot of them. Up. I can see. Why I have them in a jar. Like I have them out of their shell, if you want to call it. Like in the, in the jar. Yeah. Eat them every night. It's a snack. Yeah. Really. Mm. So if any of us were coming out to see you, Tr, like what is 
What is a staple of your food there on the East Coast that we would have to have? Oh, yeah, it would probably be fish-based, but there's so much. I mean, I love to eat at the Merchant Tavern. You can get, uh, you know, seafood pastas, seafood chowder. It's all a different level. And we take real pride in it. Uh, the tourism industry is largely bolstered by our restaurants down uh, downtown, a really cool part of Canada. So there's a lot of great food, a lot of variation. But, you know, the traditional Newfoundland stuff, there's a, there's a let's say, fish and brewers, like a brewers, they call it. It's like fish with a kind of a breadish hardtack. I, I can't really explain it. You'll have to look it up. Yeah. Uh, Jig's dinner. Jig's dinner on Sunday is big. You know, you get your – it's kind of like Sunday dinner, some some differences. I, I have cod with mine. A lot of people have salt meat. Ooh. Look into that. A lot of Newfoundlanders right. eat salt meat. Okay. Um, we have uh, – I eat a uh, – there's a Yorkshire pudding. You know, I have that with a lot of my meals. Uh, good good seafood soup. Usually someone's – someone in somebody's family cooks good enough that, I, you know – me and the boys usually have some level of seafood soup in the fridge. You know what I mean? Oh. So that sort of thing. Exactly okay. what you would think being around the ocean. Okay. I like it. Uh, Jason Greger, Terry Ryan. TR sticking with us for uh, for another. Are you sticking with us for another hour or are you out? Uh, I got to leave today. I got to leave today. <laughs> I love it. TR, have yourself a good one. We will uh, chat with you on Thursday. I'll see you Thursday. Yeah, I got a, I got an early morning. I got to be up at 4, and I'm going to watch a bit of Seinfeld with my daughter now. Oh, And like uh, then get up oh. for an, for an she must morning. Be, but, she uh, must be smart and educated if she's a big fan of Seinfeld. So that is fantastic. It's one of the greatest shows Well, every night she's, she's got to read for 10 or 15 minutes a night something. Could be anything. Could be a magazine. Could be my book. Could be whatever. Just read something, gain some knowledge, and then usually we watch a little excerpt on, you know, I, I let her – to me, Seinfeld is catching up on your pop culture, your history. Oh, yes. 100%. So there you go. We usually watch a show before bed, and Seinfeld's it tonight. It's fantastic. It's already eight thirty where you're at in uh, in St. John's. So uh, yeah, that's why I say get, so, a, yeah. get a good rest. We will uh, chat with you on Thursday. I'll see you Thursday, guys. Thanks. That's Terry Ryan, our uh, Monday co-host from three until five. Let's get to uh, the con man and a sports center update brought to you by Edmonton Kubota. They're so excited to have Sports Talk Radio back that right now you can have 0% financing for 84 months on all compact BXB tractors in stock. Shop online at EdmontonKubota.com or go see him on 156th Street. Here is Connor Halley. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 